hearing myself enough in my headphones to, to not mess me up, but yeah. I'm also hearing you at a good volume. Yeah, I just, I love blasting it, even when I was on the air. I would like have my like no one could stand the volume of headphone that I needed my headphones at. Like any time I was with anybody new, I was like, Can I get a little more? Can I get a little more? Little more little and like I think even at, at Star I I might have plugged into like that because Jessica's was controlled by the board. Yeah. And so I might have even plugged into that external headphone jack just so I could turn it all the way up without making her as Jesus. deaf as I was. <laughs> yeah. I seem to remember yeah, I don't know, something like that. Maybe she had, did she have a control over there? No, I don't remember. It's no, all fuzzy. No, it was it was no, all no uh, it was all okay. like down on the on the rack um, yeah. for for the other headphones uh, outside of the one on the board. Right. Yeah. Anything up in your neck of the woods? Uh, not too much. You got your Coachella uh, tickets yet? I saw like two or three bands that I bet you could score some passes from. Uh, no, no, I did not get. My I Coachella had no idea tickets. that it hadn't even been announced at at that point. I think when we talked about it. With everything being so expensive, I'm not surprised at all that they're having trouble selling tickets. Well, I think you should call your Doja Cat rep or yeah. uh, or your, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to, I'm looking at the little names here. Uh, Sabrina Carpenter, isn't she top 40? Yeah, she is. Um, but I I don't know if we have a label connect for her. Right. Like, call our, our BB Rexa person. Oh, we'll yeah, call right. Our, call our... Uh, Ice Spice. Yeah. Call your Aquabats rep. <laughs> yeah, all those Aquabats songs we've played on Top 40. I like pizza and hanging with my friends. I don't even know if that's a real song, but it sounds like it could be. My favorite song is uh, Super wait, super Rad. Tell your mom and tell your dad we were super rad, super rad, super rad, super rad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I had a big Aquabats phase in high school. And oh, nice. I haven't listened to them since then. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. I mean, Ska's fun. You just can't... What? DJ Seinfeld? What the hell? There's a DJ Seinfeld. All right, that's who you need to say. <laughs> that that made, you, you... <laughs> that made you yell into your microphone for an uninterrupted five seconds. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> DJ Seinfeld? Who the hell is DJ Seinfeld? And how is he getting away with this? That is weird. <laughs> Maybe it's his real name. It, it, I mean, it could uh, could be. I mean, I'd I'd expect if it Dude. wasn't, I would expect a cease and desist from of course uh, Castle Rock Swedish. Entertainment. <laughs> of course, oh, yeah. he's Swedish. Yeah, DJ Seinfeld, sixty three thousand followers. How did DJ Seinfeld get his name? Yeah, uh, moved to Barcelona at the end of a relationship resulted in extended sessions watching the classic American sitcom. There you go. And the music made reflect that appeared under the name DJ Seinfeld. Wait a minute. Does he make? Does that mean he makes Seinfeld inspired dance? All right, I got. I got to do more. I got to do more homework on that. This requires a deep dive on DJ Seinfeld, a personal deep dive later. All right, I'm should like, we get going? Sure. I'm. Uh, I'm listening to his uh, his band camp in the background here. But okay. welcome. Uh, wait. Yeah. Let's get going. Oh. I, I almost took your part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to no hugging, no learning. It's Sean, but one thing: watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season 10, episode 1. Happy New Year. How could I forget? Because <laughs> Happy New Year. Uh, before that, though, what's to do with stuff from our last episode, which was the season 9 finale, Fatwa, exclamation point. And you were right, Ted, confirmed by IMDb. This was the last performance, I guess, in any outlet of Bob Einstein before Damn. his death. Yeah. Yeah. In, in 2020, right? Isn't that what you said? Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, 2019, right? Uh, I die. Remember. He died in uh, 2019. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. So we're you know we we were kind of holding out hope that maybe they had started filming and were able to bring the funk in, but no. Uh, yeah, the the last thing Bob Einstein did was the they, fatwa episode. They they in fact did not bring in the noise, bring in the funk. <laughs> that is true. They couldn't even fake the funk. Fatwa is the 20th and final Curb episode of the 2010s, and as a result of a couple of long hiatuses, the show produced only 20 episodes in the 2010s after producing 70 episodes in the 2000s, which is just a hilarious metric. Like, we did 70 episodes in 10 years, and then we did 20 episodes in 10 years. (laughs) And now we're starting uh, another decade where I guess they'll have done uh, 30 episodes by the end of it. Is that right? It'll be this... 10, season 11, 10, season 12, 11, 30. And season 12, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're going to do 150% of the episodes in four years <laughs> that they did in 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Math, uh, baby! Quick maths. Ted Danson and Nick Offerman, who played Cody in Fatwa, also worked on five episodes of Fargo back in 2014. I think it was the... Was that the first season of Fargo? Uh, Ted Danson played Hank Larson, and Nick Offerman played Carl Weathers with a K not the uh, actor Carl Weathers, uh, respectively. But that's a great show. If you haven't watched Fargo, it, it, every season has been absolutely one of the best things I watch on TV every year it comes out, and, and this season was no different. John Hamm was excellent as the villain this year. He plays like a MAGA sheriff. I think I – did I tell you this? <laughs> Joe Keery is in it. And oh, I didn't he know that. Plays... I, all I knew is that uh, John Hamm had his nipples pierced for the role. Oh, really? I mean, wow, I don't know I if he had them actually pierced, but in the in the oh, show, in, he's got oh, pierced show. nipples. Why not? Why not go method with it if you're an Why actor? Why not, man? Just go ahead and get the nipple piercing. <laughs> yeah, you can take them out. You can take them that out. They'll grow back. <laughs> uh, but Joe Keery is in it as his son, and he's like your typical J6, you know, future J6 defendant, because it takes place <laughs> in 2019. And John Hamm is like a MAGA sheriff, and, and his son is like, you know, wears his Kevlar vest 24-7, Holy you know, no matter shit. what. the ke- Yeah, so... It's um, um that, that's Joe Curie, and he's got like you know a shitty like faux military shaved haircut, like complete wannabe <laughs> alpha male. He's so funny in that role. He's so hilarious. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Are the seasons of Fargo self-contained? You don't need to watch one season to the next. Yeah, but if you do, you'll notice things in the other seasons that reference the other seasons. But it's nothing that has to do with the oh, plot. Okay. It's like, yeah, it's like oh wow, those two characters have the same name, and then you kind of like you know, a story's kind of built where they're related or something like that, but it really doesn't affect the story at all. It's just kind of cool little Easter eggs that are sprinkled throughout, gotcha. uh, which I okay. really, I really like. Yeah. I mean, the, I will say that the first two seasons, like the first season that there's a, a cop whose dad was a cop and they're constantly talking about this like horrible case that happened when he was a police officer. And then the second season is about that horrible case as I remember it. So, but again, you can watch either one and, you know, so so the second season is kind of like a prequel to the first season. You don't need the information from either. I I, I don't seem to remember, but yeah, it's uh, it's just a great great show. Makes me want to watch the movie again because I haven't seen it in a million years, and I don't know if Sarah's ever seen it. But Noah Hawley, who created the series, like captured the vibe of Fargo just perfectly. It's it's hilarious. So before we exit season nine, I did find this interview from 2017 from when the uh, season finale was airing with director Jeff Schaefer, who answered some questions about, you know, I think this was this actually was before, it was December 4th, 2017, so I think it was just before the finale episode aired. But uh, it was with Entertainment Weekly, and I found some of the questions kind of interesting. Uh, Entertainment Weekly said, don't leave us hanging. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, this was when the finale 
uh, after the finale air. Don't leave us hanging. Does Larry get away from the guy trying to kill him? And Jeff Shaper, Jeff Shaper says, every season is the last season of Curb. So that scene was <laughs> built to be the last scene ever, unless it's not. I guess we'll all just have to wait and see. I do not want to comment on Larry's running form, which is excellent. Oh, no, he said, I do want to comment on Larry's running form, which is excellent. But yeah, just another instance of someone saying like, yep, we, we wrote this to be the very last episode unless Larry wants to do another one. And that's why, I mean, I don't know why there's so much yeah, press which- about... This being the about, last season. About season 12 being the last yeah. one. Yeah. I, I mean, I... Uh, do, in your heart of hearts, do you think it's going to be the last season? Yeah. But okay. I also... I'd also, A, love to be wrong, but I don't... Because I don't remember this much hoopla. You know, HBO never goes, this is the last season, yeah! I think even they would they would go, all right, Larry, last season, wink, gotcha, all right, <laughs> I, talk to you I again in like, a few years. Yeah, I feel like if it was, like, old, like, traditional HBO, then, yeah. yes, it, they'd be like, all right, yeah, it'll, it'll be the last season, right. right? Right. Now that there's been so many fucking mergers, like, I don't think those relationships <laughs> exist anymore like there's a whole new crop of executives with warner media discovery uh that larry's got to deal with that owns owns hbo owns max uh owns the streaming service (laughs) once you're done you're done like especially now that they can just make shit like make movies and make entire seasons of tv shows and not release it as a tax write-off uh-uh uh-uh once you're done you're done they're not just they're not just handing things yeah. out willy-nilly anymore yeah there's probably not a standing green light <laughs> maybe larry <laughs> saw that and he was like i don't wanna i mean there's probably a 30 year old max executive that's like just has his finger over the delete button highlighting larry's like uh the curb your enthusiasm folder on the network drive like all right and boop there we go (laughs) freed up some gigs there all right (laughs) time for a three martini lunch the entertainment weekly asked how hard was it to land lin-manuel miranda for this guest arc and jeff said from the very beginning we wanted lin-manuel miranda and fatwa the musical and to end the show with a hamilton style duel and that's what we wrote one small problem we had never brought any of this to Lynn's attention. We wrote the whole thing without talking to him, and there really was no plan B other than having only eight episodes. So we just kept telling ourselves, he's going to say yes. He's going to say yes. The way the high school nerd psychs himself up before asking the head cheerleader to prom. Thinking back on it, we had a better chance of getting the actual Ayatollah of Iran to guest star in the finale. I guess he's a lot less busy than Lynn. I am still trying to get Larry that fatwa, <laughs> he said. Um, <laughs> but he said Larry called him up, and luckily Lynn was a fan of the show. Of course, the entire time we were going to be shooting our season he was going to be shooting mary poppins in london so we turned our shooting schedule into a pretzel we snuck in the scenes from episode nine in the agent's office while he was in town for the oscars at the beginning of the season larry sounded optimistic about making more curb beyond this year what percent chance is there that another season of curb will be coming and if so do you promise that audiences won't have to wait as long jeff said i don't like giving percentage chances because that's math and i'm not good at math there can only be a new season if larry feels creatively like he's got the ideas personally i wouldn't bet on him never getting in another awkward situation. Would you? We are talking about talking about it. I promise if we do it again, it won't be as long a wait. And it wasn't. It was only three years instead of, what was it, six or seven uh, between the between eight and nine. So that's good. And Entertainment Weekly finally had to ask, by the way, what really did happen in Tahoe? How bad was it? And Jeff said, Larry and I had a lot of discussions about what happened in Tahoe before we realized that the whole story was much funnier 
if we never mentioned what happened in Tahoe. So we never had to settle on what actually happened. I think if you asked Larry and you asked me, you would get two very different versions of what happened in Tahoe. But trust me, neither of them are flattering to poor Larry. <laughs> so there you go. I found that uh, little interview pretty interesting. And I think that is it. Of course, you know, to close out season nine, we usually do our top episodes from the season of oh, you. shit. Yeah, we do. <laughs> don't. We do typically do that, don't we? We typically, you know, for the last nine seasons have, have done that at the end yeah. of every... <laughs> last nine seasons and previous nine seasons of Seinfeld. <laughs> right. 18 uh, seasons, I guess, if you get to do it. <laughs> um, well, judging how I didn't do notes for episode nine and episode 10 of season nine, I don't remember if I gave those stars or not. One of them might have gotten, nine was the shucker, and of course, 10 was fatwa. You might have given the shucker a star low if you need it. You might not need it, either of them. Okay. I think I talked you, you, know you into what? giving just... the shucker a star low, if I if I'm I, remember I, correctly. I'll just react to them in real time. I, I think the shucker was a star low. I think fatwa was a full star. I think I gave Fatwa a star low. Okay. Wait. Low. I, yeah, I, did. I think I think we we were I remember now. We were reversed. What did you give the shucker? Star low. You gave it a star I gave low? Both, yeah, I gave both a star low. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Maybe that wasn't the case. Did I give But them maybe both we both stars? talked each other into a maybe you talked me maybe see I feel like I remember talking you into a star low for the shucker, which means maybe you talked me into a star low for Fatwa. Maybe that's what you're kind of remembering. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, yeah. I, I had a star low for the Shucker and a full star for Fatwa. That's, that's okay. what it was. That, All right. Okay, so I had full stars for Fatwa, Never Wait for Seconds, uh, and A Disturbance in the Kitchen. I had a star low for the Shucker and Foisted, and I had a star rising for the Pickle Gambit. Love I it. don't remember what I said that meant. Uh, was that a full star, but it could be... It, it, it could like go up. Maybe it's not a full, but it's it's between star low and star. I think I think that's what it is. I yeah. think that's what it was. Okay, so I think three. I am gonna go fatwa. Two. I am gonna go a disturbance in the kitchen. One. I'm gonna go never wait for seconds. All right. I like that because. It's very similar to mine. Okay. Uh, well, not, what do you have? Not, not very, but okay. So my lows were Fatwa, The Shucker, and A Disturbance in the Kitchen. So my number three was The Accidental Text on Purpose. I just remember uh-huh. laughing a lot at that one. And the situation being so Seinfeldian that I that I really liked it. You know, it, it seemed like an episode of Seinfeld to me. <laughs> I'm 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 now seeing that the name of that is so long that I also did ga- give that a star low. Oh, okay. I, I mean, just just want to give it a shout out on that. It had some really funny lines and and it gave us lots of good funk. So um, I like that. You know, he's when he tells uh, his girlfriend that her water tastes like he shoved a straw up a frog's ass. <laughs> I mean. Uh, number two was the pickle gambit, which I, you know, again, really enjoyed some funny lines. I think the pickle gambit may have edged out the accidental text just because of the one line that lives rent free in my head. My name is Chappie Johnson and I can't open this pickle jar from Leon <laughs> as he walks into the when he needs a name, even though Larry thinks he doesn't need one. And then it's the first thing he says as he enters and just like the character says what he like reading stage direction. Um, and my number one is never wait for seconds. Wow. I, All right. Yeah. I thought I was going to have to like kind of fight for this one, but I, you probably liked it for the same reason I did, that it was, again, like it gave us kind of a taste of the Seinfeld finale, but it, it turned it on its ear by making all of Larry's awful behavior sound good to the person who was interviewing them. 
you know, yeah. which I thought was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And it was great to see all those characters again. And yeah, that, that was also my number one. So boom, there we go. Perfect. So we shared number one, which I think, which I think says a lot. Yeah, and I, I, it's been a long time since that ha- has happened, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, do we have any other news or anything or any continuity that needs curbed? Yes, uh, speaking of you know Larry doing press for this season, uh, there is some big uh, curb news, of course, heading into... We're recording this on the 30th, which means that we are mere days away from the premiere of season 12. And uh, Larry David is hitting the road ahead of a series finale to discuss Seinfeld, Curb, and whatever you want to talk to him about, I guess... For a couple of live tour dates, Larry David Live, uh, a conversation with Larry David is actually the title. He's going to be in Washington, D.C. on March 29th and Boston on April 1st. He said, hi, everyone. It's Larry in a statement. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all. Just so you know, I've recently had plastic surgery on my face and the doctor who everyone <laughs> raved about totally botched it, leaving me devoid of all expression. So if I seem more sour than usual... That's the reason, but don't let it stop you from having fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, David, who this is from Variety, who notoriously shies away from the press, has amped up the publicity cycle for the 12th and final season of Curb, the beloved HBO comedy he created in 2000. On Tuesday night, he'll walk the red carpet. So that's tonight. The night we're recording this uh, is when they're showing the premiere of the final season of the long-running sitcom. They're having like a real red carpet premiere for it. And he's going to be headlining the Los Angeles Paley Fest on April 18th with Jeff Garland, Susie Essman, Cheryl Hines, J.B. Smoove, Richard Lewis, and Ted Danson, and executive producer Jeff Schaefer. From February 2nd to the 4th, Max is staging a real-life version of Latte Larry's the Spite Store Cafe at the center of this season we're starting right now uh, in Culver City and Venice Beach. So I guess there's going to be two... Latte Larry locations. Uh, and if you are listening to us out there and you get us something, uh, you know, we won't hate you. Uh, you can go ahead and, you know, uh, ask for the address and DMs or something. Uh, and like I said, the final season of Curb starts February 4th on HBO and Max, and the series finale airs April 7th. All right. If you have never listened to us before, we are not a research heavy show despite the last 39 minutes. Oh, wow. Ooh, being a, a lot of uh, a lot of bullshit, but a little bit of research in there as well. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we we're giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter, nohugging underscore no learning on Instagram, or nohugging no learning show at gmail.com. But all three of those links are down in the description. If you like us, you can give a five star rating and a written review over on Apple Podcasts or a five star rating on Spotify. If you like us a little bit more than that, you can join us over on Patreon, where for five bucks a month, you can join the it's a Hyundai tier and get early access to extended versions of every episode that we release. I want to give a shout out to everyone joining us over there, including Just Dan, Liam M, Michael Klatsky, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John Murphy, Danica Ligorio, J Dog Conlord, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Again, patreon.com slash no hugging and for a limited time only. I say limited time, but I mean, we're, we're, we're going to keep it active for as long as we have our Patreon. You can get the first seven days free 
of the It's a Hyundai tier. No commitment necessary. You don't have to give us your credit card number. You don't have to give Patreon your credit card number. You can go listen to as much as you want in seven days. Mm-hmm. If you listen to our entire catalog in seven days, good job. That 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 takes that takes some some uh, some time, some commitment. Yeah, take but, a week off and go ahead yeah, and do it. Take a, take a, a vacation week, but first seven days. For free at patreon.com slash no hugging. But Tim, that's not the only way they can help out the podcast, right? That's right. You can help our podcast by starting your podcast. You probably listen every week and go, man, if these dummies can do it, I should finally start that <laughs> podcast idea that I have with my buddy. And you should do it at Libsyn. That's the one smart thing we've done as we started this podcast on Libsyn. Uh, and if you go to Libsyn.com and use the promo code hugging when you sign up, you can get up to two months free. It's very cool just to, you know, you get all the stats behind the scenes and you can publish your podcast wherever you get podcasts. I mean, uh, well, did you see that a Google podcast is going away? Yeah, I, that was kind of I did. Yeah, yeah. But Google, Google podcasts and Stitcher in the last year. That's uh, that's nuts. Wild. But I mean, do we really need all of these like different platforms? Was anybody no. using Google podcasts? We just need RSS feeds, if you ask me. And then, you know, and then just a podcast Or the ability to add RSS feeds because you can't fucking do that on so many apps anymore. Yeah, it's, um, I I never understood why we needed so, why we need so many. I mean, like Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And it's like, it's all, it's all the same. It's that's why I like using an aggregator where all of them can just, just collect on this one thing. But wherever you want your podcast to be, Libsyn will, you know, it's, it's pretty much just as easy as hitting a button. Uh, so go to Libsyn.com, use the promo code HUGGING, and get up to two months free. All that being said, Season 10, Episode 1, Happy New Year! Original air date, January 19th, 2020. Tim, you alluded to it in the preamble, but as of us recording this, that was only 11 days ago. Yeah, pretty I mean, wild. not. Not not the year, but the the four right, right. year anniversary yeah. of this was only eleven days ago. Yeah, I don't know if we've been this close to an actual air date anniversary. I don't, I don't think we have. Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry makes a new enemy and gets into hot water at a cocktail party. Period. I don't know. We might be able to make that better. They fire the last. In the three-year hiatus, did they fire that awesome synopsis writer that they had hired for like six, seven, eight, nine, maybe seven? I forget. They had a good run there for a while. They might have. They they might have. Maybe fall of 2019, that synopsis writer (laughs) took a leap of faith and moved across the country and took a really great job only to be laid off six months later. Or maybe that person believed the hype and they were like yeah this is the last season i better i better look for a new gig as if their only job was writing synopsis for yeah one, for one yeah. tv show that does 10 episodes 10 <laughs> episodes every three years <laughs> it was a good job while it lasted i mean you should have you should have stuck around but I, I understand why you wanted to you know move on because who knew what larry was going to do but it was only three years this time <laughs> um so we open with leon walking with larry and they're discussing you know just it's just one of these you know, asinine conversations that we drop in on to, to start an episode. It really doesn't have anything to do with it, but it was funny. It's they're discussing whether they like their skin tone. And I thought this was a funny conversation because it wasn't like, do you like being black? Do you like being white? It was, do you like that experience? It was, do you like the color of your skin? And that's Jesus it. And, and Leon's like, uh, Leon loves his mahogany 
skin tone. But Larry does not like his porridge skin tone. And he says white people are really just different shades of hot cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And while they're walking, Larry walks into a couple using a selfie stick and he breaks it nonchalantly before moving on. Uh, Ted, I'll ask you, was this joke five or six years too late? Oh, selfie I mean, a sticks. selfie stick joke in 2020? Yeah, I mean, selfie sticks were 2013. I think it was I think that's seven accurate. years old. Okay, so maybe I, I was I was lowballing it. Yeah, yeah because were... I remember making fun of them in when I was in Jackson, and that was, you know, pre-Erie. That was where I worked before Erie. So I was like, it had to have been before 2016 or whatever, whenever I got there, 2015, whatever it was. I, so, mm, yeah. 2013, 2014-ish, you, you know... I wouldn't say you weren't totally lowballing it. You might be yeah. like right on the money, like 2014, 2015, even 2013. Yeah. I think is when they first blew up. Right, right. And then maybe 2014 is when they entered the public consciousness enough to, you know, people were making fun of them and stuff. But um, and then tw- and then by end of 2015, they were over. Yeah, exactly. And and now I think they're probably still used by, you know, I see them in, you know, content creator videos and stuff, people skateboarding, holding them or, or doing whatever, I mean, you know, people have got much better versions of the selfie stick. Like the selfie yeah. stick is like the fucking wheel. When in 2024, yeah. we've got a Ferrari. They, they didn't go away. And I got to say, as much as it was fun and cliche and, and hack and all that stuff to make fun of them. And I, and I did, once you used one for the first time, you're like, Oh, holy shit. This is like actually really yeah. Oh, I, like we can actually I under, get a good picture now yeah, of ourselves. I, I, I understand why everyone has one of these. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as you got over, like, everybody going, oh, oh, selfie stick, you know, you're like, well, I, I got a really good picture of my family at this, wherever we are, you know? So it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't care. And once you learn to use them correctly, and, like, you could use them and not get the selfie stick in it, which I thought was one yeah. of the coolest things. I hated when I saw a selfie stick arm in a picture, and I'm like, ah, oh, you didn't need to do that. You could, <laughs> they're designed to be used like, you know, like you, you don't need that in there. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, they, they were just really handy. Did you recognize he's credited as millennial guy, which I thought was hilarious <laughs> because in 2020, people still thought millennials were like 19 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> when in reality, like they were my age, they were entering their 40s, you know, like the, yeah, the it, oldest it, ones were anyway. In 2020, like, Gen Zs were already graduating high school. Yeah, and, and that's actually, what's funny to me about, yeah. Actually, yeah, my, my morning show co-host graduated high school in June of 2020. She's 21. <laughs> and that is what is, that's what's on trend for this kind of humor is people thought millennials were using selfie sticks and it was annoying and they were, they were the young content creators or whatever. And so, so anybody who was, like, doing something like that was a millennial when, in fact... You know, uh, I, I I had to look it up. So did you recognize Millennial Guy? Yeah, it's uh, Brandon Wardell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my I God. I recognized him immediately. Uh, but what's I, funny about I, this? I recognized yeah. him from At Midnight. Oh, see, I recognize him from I Think You Should Leave, uh, which okay. is really all I, okay. all I know him from. But he was – so he was born in 1992. And when I looked it up, it looks like 90 – when I looked up the Millennial ages, it's like 81 to 96 or something like that. So he is within the Millennial – time range or whatever yeah i mean he's he's my age and i i see myself as a younger millennial as which a young millennial is. yeah 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 you're kind of a cusp on the cusp of the last i guess last four years of millennial that makes sense yeah. to me it's funny though because i always kind of consider you like elder gen z but i guess you're not i guess you're young millennial and i'm 
elder millennial, but I don't really identify with Gen X enough to go, eh, yeah. come on. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of the, I'm definitely like a Zennial, if you want to say that. And, and the X is only just <laughs> I, because of the, I, the year. Sometimes people go, oh no, it's 80, 82 is millennial or whatever. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm a young, the youngest Gen Xer. I like you saying, if you want to say that, I do not. <laughs> if you want to say that, I do not. Can I tell you, I, I have to bring this up now because I got friggin', I don't even know. I got boomered or something. Like I was buying beer, um, at Giant Eagle the other day, which is our regional supermarket here in the Pittsburgh area. And I used a little uh, credit card reader and it it like re- it, it didn't work. And the guy was like, oh, let me reset it. And he was like, hey, it only works when it wants to. And then he goes, like our younger generation. And I'm like, I want to say like, dude, do I look as old as you? Please. Please tell me Giant Eagle sells guns so I can just get out of here right now. If you think that I would be someone who would appreciate that joke, like... But I didn't only say wh- any of that. I just kind of like. Wh- <laughs> it only works when it wants to. Like our younger generation. Fuck off. I was like, please. I didn't even. I wanted to like go, how old are you? And how old do you think I am? Like, I, I, <laughs> I was just so stunned. I didn't have, you know, if if I um if I wanted to pull a Costanza, I would go back and like screw it up on purpose and pull like a jerk store thing where. Um, you know, where I would say, say something like, uh, you know, well, maybe you don't pay it enough or maybe you don't pay it a living, maybe you should pay it a living wage or something like that. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, you're working at a grocery store. Why are you like shilling for the 1% like to pay you less? Like (laughs) only work, nobody wants to work. I'm like, oh my God. But, but even, even more depressing than the state of, of, you know, slave wage, wage slave labor is, is the fact that he thought I looked old enough to appreciate that joke. I'm like, oh my God, I've like jumped the life shark you know what i mean like <laughs> i'm i'm officially like over the hill now um i don't know what to do i'm gonna i'm gonna go completely the opposite direction and just like start sagging my pants and wearing big hoodies and, and carrying selfie sticks and 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 stuff like i've just gotta like i'm gonna dress younger the way that that bart dressed taller to try to be a fallout boy you're gonna start vaping now yes yes vaping immediately <laughs> everywhere <laughs> I just, I, uh, I was so depressed after that. Brandon Wardell, who then I was like, oh, wow, I wonder what he was up to. And then I was like, oh, of course, this was a year after I Think You Should Leave had already been on the air. So yeah. even the thing I recognize <laughs> him from, he had already been had on. already happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was uh, this struggling actor up to before his big break? Oh, his his big break happened already. Yeah. Ah, all right. Um, yeah. I want to point out, this looked entirely entirely different like i'm assuming new cameras maybe it was shot in 4k obviously i don't think i'm streaming it in 4k but i mean it looked much different like much yeah it did look a little clearer i think they got another production upgrade yeah they must have so at the gym that's where uh, larry and leon were walking larry runs into randy a friend of Susie's, who happens to be pregnant and she gives him a happy new year and he tells her it's a little late the statute of limitations, he says, is three days on a happy new year. I, I forget if they mention the actual date that it is today or whether we're just supposed to think it's, what, January 10th or whatever it is. So, Well, they, they um, say it's um, – I, I'm, I'm led to believe that it's supposed to be the day this comes out, January 19th, uh-huh. because they say oh, okay. it's almost three weeks. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that makes sense. And Larry's like, no, you got um, – and I have to throw this in too I, This because – I had seen this bit because when the new year comes around, like a lot of the curb accounts will post this, but we didn't get, you know, we hadn't gotten the reference yet uh, as far as happy new year's go. I got happy new year 
the Saturday, last Saturday, the 27th no of January. Way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and By it was from somebody. Who? So somebody that, and I think this is the way a lot of people think, somebody that I hadn't seen yet this year. Mm, yeah. Okay. At least, at least I don't think so. That was my thinking that she was like, oh, uh, uh, like we were heading into my daughter's basketball game and I like opened the door for her and we realized we knew each other. Like, oh, it's you. And she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize we were walking behind you. Happy New Year. Uh, and, I, and I kind of like chuckled knowing that this, because I think I saw it in the, well, no, I don't think they would have had the coming attractions last episode. So I don't know how I, I guess I just knew about that joke. I didn't know it was coming up, but I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny that I got Happy New Year'd. On the 27th, but I didn't, I wasn't an asshole about it. <laughs> Larry, uh, you know, uh, inquires about the baby and, and asks, you know, if he, if she wants any name advice and he says a Swedish name would probably be good. And, and she said, well, my husband's African-American, so I don't think that would gel. And then Larry's like, he likes saying that, don't you? Uh, that her husband's African-American um, and, uh, you know like lording it over people or whatever like i have like it's like it's one step above i have a black friend you know to larry <laughs> that she just married him for that that liberal clout and they they both start you know on the treadmills and she starts running and larry yells at her for jostling the baby she says that her midwife said it was okay and larry goes oh why don't you ask your blacksmith to? <laughs> which i thought was was a pretty funny um negation of the whole midwife midwifery in general <laughs> midwifery midwifery which i like saying yeah yeah uh, as if it's like an outdated occupation or something as if it's like something <laughs> we should have left back in um in like colonial days whatever <laughs> oh did, why don't you ask your blacksmith um and uh my wife has been pregnant twice and she ran like a friggin' marathon every day while she was pregnant both times. And so far, the kids seem fine. Seem pretty normal. I mean, a little weird. <laughs> nothing wrong with there, them yet. Yeah. Nothing wrong with them yet that has that exposed itself. But yeah, Larry's very worried about her jostling the baby. So in the locker room, Larry accuses a guy of over talking. This guy was trying, it was just like, you know, throwing up plumes of, of talcum powder <laughs> like he's uh, LeBron James before a game. You know, later, as, as Larry and Leon are walking down the street, they are walking down West Pico Boulevard, by the way, because Century Liquor and Market is still there at 5431 West Pico. Leon, of course, it's only been three years. It's like, or four years, I guess now. It's still there. Leon's aunt, he said, was allergic to talcum powder. Uh, and so, you know, it could be, be dangerous for people. Larry... This is a 2020 joke that I feel like was still timely. Larry knocks over a row of e-scooters. I did think that was still funny <laughs> and timely. But the same kind of like, you know, you could tell Larry was just like from 2017, between 2017 and 2020, like, I hate selfie sticks, want to do something with that. Hate those dumb e-scooters, want to do something and with that. I will say that the cringe of like... Uh, a selfie stick, selfie stick joke in yeah. 2020 aside, I appreciated how it wasn't like a bit. It wasn't a like, oh, I need to stop and I need to talk to these people and say, hey, uh, whoa, 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 what are you, what are you yeah. doing? What's this? No, no. What's this? What's this? What's going on here? No. What's this? What's this? No. What's going on? No. And then he breaks it because you know. He wanted to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know they did, you know, three or four takes where he did that. And then one where, you know, someone convinced him, hey, you know, just walk by and like nonchalant. Like, don't even stop your conversation. It'll be hilarious. Like, it was and, funnier the way they did it. Like, and it yes. would have been, it would have been maybe a little funnier even in 2017 or, you know, 2018 <laughs> if he was able to, to get it in then. But yeah, 2020, it just felt old. But at least they did it in a, in a funny way. where in a, in a, Yeah, a, a quick... And Where it's like a reflex. Way. It's yeah. a reflex. And it's the same thing with just knocking over the scooters because yeah. he just takes his hand out of his pocket <laughs> and just like dominoes, knocks them all down. I appreciated how yeah. it wasn't a, uh, 
I mean, much like I said with the, the selfie sticks, uh, him stopping, talking to Lynn. You believe these things? Can you believe? What do you do? You, you, you scan them with your phone and then you write. People are riding around on these. Are in tra- what? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and although I, I consider God, this we, a victimless be, crime, too. We would be very good at making the worst Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> episode because it's just Larry doing that for yeah. 30 minutes about everything. About everything that's new. What, what, Spotify? What, what do I need Spotify? I have all these CDs. What do I need this for? No, delete that. Get rid of that. No. Yeah, but uh, I considered knocking over a bunch of e-scooters a victimless crime and, and would probably be pretty fun. Have you ever um, used an e-scooter, though? I have not. It's I bet they're fun. pretty fun, yeah. yeah I bet I, it's cool. But I, I bet couple, knocking them over is satisfying too. <laughs> they've got a couple different varieties down here for the college campus. They've got yeah. uh, their motor scooters. They're e-motor scooters. Like yeah. you, you sit down on them, almost oh. like, a, like a Vespa. But they've got oh, that's those. Cool. They've got bikes, and they've got standing scooters as well. Yeah, we had spins around here for a while, and it was only like a pilot program, and then the pilot ended. So I know that you know, if reports are to be believed, like several hundred spin scooters wound up in the Monongahela and yeah. uh, Allegheny oh, Rivers. <laughs> I can't tell you how many of these scooters I see suspended upside down in trees. <laughs> it takes effort to do that. It was great seeing all the pictures of people like riding e-scooters through the Liberty Tunnel, uh, you know, <laughs> like taking e-scooters. No, you know, you'd always find them too, like at the edge of where they would shut down as well. Yeah, it was it was a pretty it was pretty entertaining. Like on the Pittsburgh subreddit for a while when when the spin when the spins were spinning around. Let me see. Oh, so Larry and Leon walk by this guy who's wearing a MAGA hat, and they remark like, "Wow, you know, you don't see too many of too many of those in L.A." And Leon makes the observation that nobody wears those backwards because if you're going to get your ass kicked, you want to see it coming. <laughs> Which I thought was very, I have, that, that was an astute observation. I've never seen anybody wear one of those backwards now that I'm thinking about it. It must I, have happened, but. I'm sure it's happened, but I, yeah. yeah, I've never seen it. To this end, I had red, I have, I have red hats that I stopped wearing when that hat became big because I didn't want anyone to think <laughs> even from behind that there's a chance I was wearing one. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, m- me as well, but I did not stop wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> because you wanted to signal secretly that you yes. are huge into the MAGA, yeah. Yes, no, it was but just a, a comfortable hat that I didn't mind sweating into, so I would uh, wear it, like, to the gym and stuff. I remember, and I guess I shouldn't be shocked but because this was eerie, but I remember, like, a service person coming to my house and wearing and having one on, and I'm like, Ugh. your job, like, lets you... Walking to people like I know we're in Erie, but we're in Mill Creek too. Like, you know, I mean, um, it, you know, like uh, we're not in Erie, Erie. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not. We're not in uh, what's uh, what, we're not in Northeast. We're not in what's the one that starts with an F? I don't remember. Fair. We're not in Fairview. Okay, you know, we're in Mill Creek. <laughs> um, so, but there were plenty of Trump signs in Mill Creek. So I guess I, you know, I guess I was probably the outlier, like wondering why this job let this guy wear. And it was a camo MAGA hat too. It wasn't a oh, red hell one. Oh hell yeah, so bro! Maybe that's why it was okay. Yeah, like he wanted a real to blend. Treat. He wanted to blend in. <laughs> and uh, but like, sir, I don't know if you know this, but the top of your head is missing, except for some embroidered text that says "Make America Great Again." Indeed, that's very weird. But he was like a super nice guy, you know. So I also felt bad because it was still about that time when you know you were supposed to treat them like regular people, you know. Um, <laughs> we didn't because 
we didn't know how bad it could get, and they'd still keep standing behind him. The Larry and Leon come across a Mocha Joe store. It's our old friend Mocha Joe from the Seinfeld reunion lot. Uh, who has opened a brick and mortar and Larry and, and, and Leon stop in and they kind of congratulate him on the place. And, you know, they order uh, some coffee and Larry gets a scone, which, you know, they kind of have a little tiff over how hard and fresh a scone should be. Larry says it's more muffin like I'm I'm kind of siding with Larry on this one just from visual I think a scone's supposed to be pretty hard, right? Yeah. And, and like kind of crumbly, almost like even more crumbly than like a Bisquick biscuit. Yeah. Like, yeah, like very, very hard and I don't know, almost like almost like stale tasting, like immediately. Like if you've got a good scone, if it's really dry, you know, that that to me is a, is a scone. And so and, and Larry's did look very moist and like a muffin. And <laughs> Leon asks if they have any danishes and, um, <laughs> you know, Mocha Joe goes, no. And Leon goes, you fucking up, <laughs> <laughs> which is a hilarious response to someone not having danishes. Uh, so they sit down and. The table wobbles. And so Larry calls Mocha Joe over again and is like, you got a wobbly table here. The fastest way to lose customers is having a wobbly table. But Mocha Joe disagrees. Leon says he has an uncle with a wobbly leg. I can't stand that motherfucker. <laughs> Leaning on shit line. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another hilarious line from Leon. And then, you know, the nail in the coffin is Larry and Leon's drinks are cold. They were served cold coffee. Uh, Larry even does the nose test and he sticks his nose in the coffee <laughs> and it's ice cold. Uh, and so Mocha Joe kicks him out. Get out of here, you old bald fuck. And Leon gets the last word though. Hey, Larry might be one or two of those things, but he's not all three. <laughs> <laughs> and they wish each other a very angry, happy new year as they, happy new year, Mocha I Joe. I'm wondering if the actor who plays Mocha Joe flubbed his first line because he doesn't say old bald fuck at first. He says right. old bald nuts and then says old bald fuck. And they just yeah, kept exactly. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder which one was because I like old bald nut because he's crazy for thinking all this. See, um, I like that, and, old bald fuck because that's right in line with what Susie's called him for 10 seasons already for, yeah. for nine seasons already. I think Leon's line makes more sense with nut, though, because Larry, Larry is old and bald, but he is not a nut. He's not crazy because <laughs> because Leon experienced the, all the same stuff, and he totally agrees with him. Um, in Larry's office, he has a new assistant. We don't know he, her name at all, no. do we? Okay. No, I don't know if we ever get it. But as long as we're talking about her, I found her oddly attractive. She was one of the most okay. unconventionally attractive people that I've ever found. Uh, unconventionally attractive. I don't know how to, uh, I, yeah, she had a, an interesting look, um, like young Sandra Bernhardt maybe, but I've never really found Sandra Bernhardt attractive, having said that. Um, but just to just to put a description on it, he is, you know, her dog is eating out of an office bowl. And she's like, oh, I, I just grabbed it out of the, the cabinet. I thought it was an office bowl. And Larry tells her, yeah, it's an, it's an office bowl for humans. Not, you know, she's like, well, I clean it every day. And he's like, no, that it needs to be sterilized. And I don't know. You're a dog owner, Ted. For me, I'm on Larry's side here. What do, what do you think? Would you yeah, use a bowl that your dog had used? I would not. It's It gets all slimy and you got to wash it and you got to wash it hard. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like hot water sterilization and lots of soap, like a trip through the dishwasher. Definitely. Uh, at least, um, like I'm yeah. not, I'm not using a regular cereal bowl for for a dog dish. I'm grabbing like a Tupperware container. I'm grabbing a mixing bowl if I don't have my own dog dish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, like use use a dog dish. And Larry notices that his assistant has a tattoo on her arm, but she won't share its personal meaning. And Larry is offended because it's right there out in the open. Like, just <laughs> tell me what it means. Tell me this like special little meaning. And she's like, well, you know, it's personal. It's just for me. And then he says, well, why didn't you get it on your ass? Well, yeah, um, he, sa- and- he says that it's personal, but it's out there for everyone to see. I'm like, yeah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> I wouldn't have pressed as hard as Larry. I, I, I kind point, of, yeah. At this point, I was thinking, I'm like, is Larry just speed running being the most unlikable person <laughs> in this season? Because it's working so far. Yeah, and especially like the most unlikable boomer in this. Because now he's going after young people with tattoos, Ted. Yeah, let's... <laughs> Get 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 those get those idiots. Sure, but I kind of I mean I see his point as someone who has no tattoos, uh, much less any like personal secret ones. Like, if you're gonna have a secret one that you that you don't want to explain, it's a common question even among people who have tattoos. They like talking about their own tattoos. From what I've seen, when I've seen people with tattoos talking, um, oh yeah, I've got one here, and, and oh I've got one like that, and stuff like that. And so if it was one that you didn't want to explain. Why would you do that to yourself, I guess? Like, you don't have to tell me. I, I don't think it's my right to know, but I think you put yourself in a lifelong difficult position of going, of having to say that over and over again for no reason. You I know? guess, and, and also, but yeah. you almost have to take first explanation as the explanation because this uh, upcoming summer, going to be the first summer that I'll have my Creature from the Black Lagoon thigh tattoo. And if someone comes up and says, oh, what's the significance behind that? I'm going to say, I like Creature from the Black Lagoon. And they'll okay. undoubtedly say, oh, that's it? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's um, nothing deeper than that. <laughs> deeper, like the Black Lagoon. <laughs> um, no, like, okay, just so, believe So your issue is that people, you. your issue is that people want there to be deeper meaning to your tattoos and you don't Sometimes, have any. yeah. Sometimes, yes. Do you like, have any oh, that what, are secrets? What, none that are secrets. No, but I have some that have meaning and some that have no meaning. Like, I just got a snake on the back of my arm. You want to know what the meaning behind that is? Something about your dick? Yeah. <laughs> no, it means that I had an awkward empty space on the back of my arm ah, and I got a okay. snake to fill it. <laughs> Makes sense. But, so it. you don't have any that you would not want to tell people the meaning behind them? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Where do you land on Larry's? Do you see his point? Like, you know, like why get it? Why have it in such a public place if it's such a big secret? You know, I just, it's I like, just never made that connection. I'm like, it'd be oh, like if I okay. put a box in, if I, w- I put a box on the coffee table in front of my kids and was like, don't open this. It's a huge, do, do not open this. Okay. This is all your Christmas presents are in here. Okay. It's going to stay here from December 1st until the 25th when you can open it. But, you know, it, it just kind of flips open like this. But don't do not do that, okay? And I'm just going to leave it right here. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going outside for a while, okay? I'm going to do some yard work and the box is going to like, why, why, why do that? It really is a little bit like that. Larry also uh, begins cleaning his glasses with the kind of tie around her shirt, which is no good, as Larry said. No good? No good. She did not appreciate that either. Over at Jeff and Susie's new house, 
I like our little bit of exposition here that we get as we enter the scene. Je- uh, uh, Ted and Cheryl walking by. Susie likes this house even more than her last one. <laughs> so <laughs> it was so like robotic and like, all right, we gotta know, we gotta talk about why we couldn't film in that mansion house again. So we just we'll just put a line in here acknowledging that it's a different house. <laughs> That's I, uh, all I it did is. I did like seeing that uh, Cheryl and Ted are still together. It's been over two years now. Yeah, long term relationship. And, uh, you know, Larry is explaining the whole Mocha Joe thing. And Richard Lewis says he's going to boycott. That's what he's going to do for Larry. He's boycotting Mocha Joe's. And a woman comes up and chews out Jeff. But it turns out she has mistaken him for Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> which was hilarious. Because Jeff has like, I mean, he does look a lot like him. And what's, what drives it home is that he's got a little bit of stubble, like that, that stubble that Harvey Weinstein always had. Um, so it's absolutely just just really funny. Less funny he, when you remember that he, Jeff was kicked off the Goldbergs for uh, yeah, that happened, behavior. <laughs> that happened before this, didn't it? <laughs> oh, did it? I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, now I don't Je- remember. Jeff, uh, what's his real last name? Jeff Garland. I almost just looked up Jeff Goldblum. I'm like that. Like <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. I think if you looked at career, you might see. If I look at his Wikipedia, oh, uh, I'm sure there's got to be a controversy. 3rd, 2021. Yeah, misconduct allegations. December 2021. Uh, okay, so December it hadn't had happened, happened yet. yet. Yeah, it had not happened yet. Yeah, I was mixing up my dates. <laughs> so, But he was probably in the midst of the behavior, so it's weird that they wrote it like that. You know? <laughs> then again, I mean, that, that requires the writers to know of the behavior. Right, I right. mean, the main season 11 and season 12, they definitely know of it, and he's still there. I mean, not only is he still there, Ted, but I mean, we have to acknowledge that his podcast with Susie Essman has actually started. They uh. totally <laughs> ripped off our cover art. Yeah. You know, down to Susie's glasses. She's on the same side I am with my glasses and is wearing glasses. And Jeff Garland, the taller one, is on your side. No glasses. The yellow, the the black silhouettes on a yellow background. I know that is the curb title card that you know they it's on the book and everything like that but yeah the um the only thing that's keeping me from being absolutely pissed off at this is knowing that it's iHearts and it's two celebrities from the show they're gonna get maybe 20 episodes in before (laughs) someone gets bored of doing it or iHeart pulls the plug because not enough people are listening to it (laughs) I mean honestly like they did with fake doctors real friends they never came back from the writer's strike oh I did not realize that Wow. Um, I would be, I I wonder if the reason it, because remember it was announced to start at the beginning of last year or something and it never, it never materialized. Uh, So I wonder if they recorded them all and now they're releasing them or something like that uh, just to make sure that didn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) It is. I mean, it kind of is because the, you know, the, the finale, you know, it's the final season. So I am interested to listen though. I'll, I'll add that one to the queue. You know, office ladies is wrapping up. So. I need another rewatch show. Okay. I I was wrong. Fake Doctors did come back from the Uh writer's strike, but they were off for a while, I think. Or maybe, am I? Oh, yeah. They were releasing classic episodes. What? Real Friends Classic? What? You've been, you've been a podcast for three years how do you have classic episodes you know they were just talking uh, about the episode again either that or they re-released it you know the office ladies do that all the time they call it like revisiting blah 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 and there's nothing new it's just a re-release of the same episode the exact same file all right it's crazy but they call it swindling those advertisers i know really so uh we're still we're jeff and susie's new house and uh, someone has mistaken jeff for harvey weinstein larry Wants pigs in a blanket, but every time the server passes by him, she has just run out, and he 
constantly kind of like keeping his eyes on her and she does take notice of this uh Susie comes in and she's wearing like a steampunk top hat kind of thing <laughs> and larry <laughs> introduces her as our 16th president abraham lincoln i would have gone with like a slash or willy wonka the hat wasn't stovepipe to me because it it looked like a classic top hat that sort of flares out the stovetop to me went like up and down that uh abraham lincoln wore but i, I don't know I, I can appreciate the joke and lincoln had a beard too so that's funny to accuse Susie of, of that and but very much like that if you need and, but slash would have been perfect because she's got the black curls coming out from underneath oh, it like slash he would have been a great yeah. comparison yeah <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen slash but i don't know maybe they're too old to get that reference uh, <laughs> she yells at him about mansplaining to randy how to be pregnant uh rightly so i'm on Susie's side here also, uh, um, oh, well, well, as you know, she pulls Jeff away to go introduce him to some other people. Larry, you know, walks across the room and he gets a happy new year and he goes too late. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> hey, happy new year. Too late. You're too late. I think that's what he says. Uh, and he walks over to Richard Lewis and they both notice that Phil Rosenthal is at the party. This is the real <laughs> Phil Rosenthal that I had no idea until they started talking about him was the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, I didn't I didn't get the, his connection to Raymond. Yeah, it l Richard mentioned something cuz he's like he won't shut up about his shows. Like, oh, everybody loves Raymond's on 5 times a day and every somebody feed Phil or something like that, which is like a travel eating show that he had. Um and they both just hate talking to <laughs> Phil Rosenthal. Larry's like, "You know what? I'm going to employ the big goodbye. You ignore the person the whole party <laughs> and then at the end of the night you give them a big goodbye so they feel good." about having talked to you at least for a little bit, but you, you avoided in the whole party. Uh, Cheryl comes up to Larry and asks if they can do their ventriloquist act because we've known this couple for two decades now. This is something that we're all familiar with, the, the, the little party trick they used to do, their ventriloquist act. It, this just seemed a weird plot device to me to interject. Like, can we do, they want us to do our ventriloquist act. Remember how great we that what everyone loves? I'm like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like that we'd never seen it yet. And this is the first time, uh, but it's Cheryl sitting on Larry's lap and kind of like roasting the party goers and everybody has like chairs pulled up. If I was at a party where this happened, I would, um, you know, put my head in the oven out of cringe for everybody involved. Maybe it'd be different <laughs> if you were like there enjoying the jokes, but it seemed like very awkward the way it was pulled off. Did you feel the same way? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be watching this. It's like, God, this, this embarrass was, uh, embarrassed it was, for you. It was uncomfy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not in the way, like, they didn't want it to be. They wanted everybody to be laughing at it, but I don't, maybe they did want it to be cringe. I, I have no idea. But, like, Susie really, I mean, uh, Cheryl really goes in on roasting Susie. Jeff cracks up at it, and Susie's kind of pissed. I thought that was going to come up later because Cheryl and Susie always can, kind of have this, seem this contentious relationship that could, kind of break at any moment and we've seen a break in the past like you know when she called her a car wash cunt in that one uh, season finale i don't know it was like four or five the restaurant season finale um when they got they got pissed at each other uh for something and uh so yeah and then they always ended the act with a kiss and ted was like oh i wouldn't she's got a cold uh but they do it anyway and and ted won't even kiss cheryl when he's got to leave to go catch his plane uh, that's why they had to do their ventriloquist act early because not even Ted Danson had seen it yet. And this was a hilarious line to me. He's like, all right, I'll call you when you land. And Larry goes, you don't have to call her when you land. If there's a plane crash, we'll hear about it. <laughs> and I just thought how funny it would be like Ted Danson dies in plane crash. Yeah, we'll, we'll hear about that. Don't worry. 
Ted Danson dies in plane crash, semicolon, didn't kiss girlfriend goodbye. (laughs) I thought it was, I thought it was a funny, I mean, you could say it to anybody even who's not famous, but that would make the news. Ted Danson dies in plane crash. If there's a plane crash, we'll hear about it. I mean, it's true, but the fact that it's Ted Danson too adds another layer of humor to it. So Larry ends up following the server finally into the kitchen because he wants some pigs in a blanket. But she thinks he wants something different. And she tells him to get out because you've been ogling me all night. I Believe me, I've been through this before. People following me into the kitchen, just get out. And Larry says, no, it's all about the, the pigs in the blanket. You're always out. And so as she is leaving with a tray, he reaches around to try to grab for the food. But it turns out he's grabbed a big old handful of breast. And we're he's not sort of, talking about chicken. Oh, no. These aren't hors d'oeuvres. And he, he sort of like shamefully exits the kitchen and then just sort of goes about like it's all totally normal. Like he, he gets over it very yeah, quickly. I thought like whenever he kind of like s- quietly slid out of the kitchen, he was going to try and like leave very quickly. But yeah, nope, yeah. that's not what happens. No, he just goes about the the evening uh, just saying hello and goodbye to everybody. And, and actually, Cheryl is calling an Uber, but he offers to take her home. And he's like, well, first, uh, let me just do something. He's got to give the big goodbye to Phil, who recognizes the move immediately. You're giving me the good. You're giving me the big goodbye. And Larry goes, well, no. What do you mean? What is that? I don't even know what that is. Uh, and so to save face, I guess, and and you know, make it seem like he wasn't giving Phil the good goodbye, he is talked into lunch, uh, meeting Phil for lunch on Wednesday to talk more about you know his shows. And and Phil does play this really well. You know, he's like. Oh, because we're we're doing another season of Somebody Feed Phil and, and blah, blah, blah. So he's going to lunch with this guy. Dropping Cheryl off, it leads to another kiss. where Because she's like, wow, you know, I can't believe we, we kissed at the end, even though I have that cold. And uh, he's like, I'd do it again. So they do. And that leads to the bedroom where... And I thought, I thought this was going to come up. Larry's cleaning his glasses, and he drops the glasses wipe on the floor. Maybe it will come up later, but the camera definitely followed it down yeah. to the carpet. Like... It was gonna, something was going to happen it, this episode. It definitely felt like it was going to be important, and it didn't seem to be. Yeah. If if it comes up next episode, I, I'm surprised they expected us to remember something like that, um, unless they replay it, you know, in, in the episode it comes up in. But Cheryl's really worried about Ted. Larry's more worried about the wobbly table on Ted's side of the bed. Um, but she's worried because, you know, she's essentially cheating on Ted. But Larry says that you're dating your friends. You know, he's he's dating his friend's ex-wife. That, that's just not cool in, in the first place. So, you know, and there's a chance, you know, Cheryl leaves the door open for this to happen again. We'll see, she says. Well, before before she, she gets to that, she says, whenever I'm with you, I feel better about myself. <laughs> she's trying to find the right words. And Larry uh, almost interrupts her, says it like, uh, just after, and he says, you feel more morally superior. <laughs> yeah. And and Ted, on the other hand, she said, is a very nice person. We know he donated anonymously a whole wing of that, uh, that whatever, the NRDC yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> and yeah. Cheryl's got a great quote. She says, I know I'm not perfect, but at least I'm better than you. <laughs> and Larry totally understands because he feels the same way about animals. He's like, you know, I look at animals there, you know, they're eating each other and fighting and I can squish little bugs and at least I'm not them. So, you know, she feels she feels the way that Larry feels about like a cockroach. <laughs> uh, Larry is a cockroach and she is a, a human being. Maybe it'll happen again. Larry shows up at home and Leon intercepts him immediately to inter- interrogate him about where he is because old people are not out <laughs> this late. There's no late night yacht clubs or garage sales. 
this is this is when you're tapping. So he wants to know who you were tapping, and Larry yeah, says, will not say. He says these are tapping hours. Tapping hours, and Larry won't say. He slams the door on him. Uh, back over at Jeff and Susie's. Susie, you know, the Jeff and and Larry are talking. He's trying to figure out how he can get out of lunch with Phil, and and Susie comes in and pries about Larry taking Cheryl home. What happened is obviously insinuating and implying something, but Larry will not budge on the fact that anything happened i like how nonchalantly he does tell jeff he's like so did you sleep with cheryl he's like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and jeff's and, also pretty nonchalant in his answer he's more like a all right yeah yeah which i think larry, i think that's why larry felt comfortable telling him you know he's like I, i'm not supposed to tell anybody so do can't mention anything to Susie. but <laughs> um yeah I, I i appreciated how casual they were about it like did you yeah oh, okay cool they go right from that into yeah. Arnie Norton wanting to play golf with them. <laughs> Who the hell is Arnie Norton? I guess just a made-up name. I wouldn't be surprised to see it as, like, you know, one of the sound guys or something uh, next week when we take a, maybe a little closer <laughs> look at the credits. Um, but we do know that this Arnie Norton is a Trump supporter, and Jeff will not play golf with a Trump supporter. Uh, you know, he's always wearing that stupid hat, and that's when the light bulb goes off above Larry's head. Yeah, and great, like, oh, I don't want to be around him. Yeah, great quote from Jeff. He's like, he makes me not he makes me want to not be anywhere near him. Yeah, and that's when Larry takes off. And so the next shot is at Lunetta All Day, which is still at 2420 West Pico Boulevard. So we're kind of in a new section of Los Angeles slash Santa Monica uh, than we have been. We've been on West Pico a lot, interestingly enough. And uh, it's uh, uh, Lunetta all day is there's a Lunetta and then around the corner is Lunetta all day and they kind of share yeah. a kitchen in the middle and Lunetta all day. I, I guess it's open all day. I didn't really look, but Lunetta is more like an upscale dining, like dinner uh, place and Lunetta all day. You could see it was kind of casual. Uh, in fact, uh, Google calls it relaxed upmarket diner where mm. uh, it's been there since 2017 and Phil shows up. Larry's already there wearing a MAGA hat and... <laughs> Phil, uh, you can tell, is awkwardly looking around, noticing yeah, all of the disapproving looks. <laughs> there, there are people looking, and they are not happy about it. Oh, yeah. Larry mentioned, you know, because he was trying to get Larry on his travel show, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I do want, I think that sounds like a good idea, Ethiopia. I was like, well, wait a minute, was that one of the shithole countries? I don't remember. What a great, <laughs> what a fucking hilarious throwback to what is now one of his least egregious moments in the presidency but i thought that was a, uh, a pretty funny was that one of the shithole countries i don't remember like out loud in this restaurant phil fakes an emergency needing to pick his son up from the airport larry could not be more pleased and later on he goes to a sushi bar where there are two empty seats next to him but once he throws that maga hat on the people decide they hey, i think we'll rather we'd rather get a booth larry almost sideswipes a biker who is i mean just pissed beyond belief until Larry puts on the MAGA hat, and he's like, hey, man, just be a little more careful, okay? And then <laughs> pulls off. <laughs> uh, and so Larry has found, as we'll find out later, the people repellent of his dreams. Over at Mocha Joe's, Larry happens to be nearby and sees Richard Lewis driving by. Did you hear him singing a song? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I want my coffee and a Danish. Yeah, 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 coffee and a Danish. But Which I thought was funny because we know Mocha Joe doesn't sell Danishes. I, I was going to say he doesn't have Danishes. But, you know, Richard, there's no script, so there's no way Richard Lewis could have known that he doesn't have Danishes. <laughs> but I like the song, the dumb song, gonna get my coffee and a Danish, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want my coffee and a Danish. And Richard Lewis is inside getting coffee. 
Larry's but like, no I Danish. thought you said you were, yeah, no Danish. He's like, I thought you said you were boycotting. He's like, yeah, I said I would, I would never come here with you. He's like, I don't need you to not, I'm never, I'm never going to come. I don't you need you to not come when I'm never, I don't need that. That's like not boycott help. You're just supposed to not come at all. Richard Lewis loves the coffee so much. And then Larry looks over and he sees Randy drinking coffee. He says that this kid, <laughs> he's so worried about this kid again. Uh, being jostled and you know being pumped full of caffeine. She could have been having either decaf or tea. I will say. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. see a tea bag, but you know, some people take that out. It could have been any. It could have been just hot milk. They they'll serve you that, like hot milk and syrup, uh, if you want at a coffee place. So, and and I will say too. Again, my wife, she didn't drink coffee while she was pregnant. Maybe occasionally, but again, at the advice of a doctor, saying like you can't have like twelve lattes in a day. You can have one a week or something like that. I don't remember the exact number, but but also <laughs> but she she quit coffee mainly so she could have chocolate while she was pregnant because you know that yeah. also can contain some caffeine. And she was like, I'm not wasting my caffeine intake on coffee. On coffee. I'm gonna be yeah. drinking I'm gonna be eating chocolate. That's <laughs> so, smart. Yeah, trade off there. Um and Larry asks if Richard Lewis's coffee is hot, which he says it is, but it does not pass Larry's nose test. <laughs> yeah, he his nose sticks in his, his nose in Richard Lewis's coffee. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and when Mocha Joe, you know, when he when Larry makes a big deal about this again, Mocha Joe comes over and bans Larry for life. And Larry vows vengeance on Mocha Joe. He doesn't know how, but he promises swift vengeance. And then they give each other again a happy new an angry happy new year on the way out. <laughs> Back in Larry's office, Valerie Ashburn calls. That's the name of the server from Jeff's party. And she is calling to accuse Larry of sexual assault. And the assistant says, you know what? He did something like that to me too. Uh, She describes, you know, like he was talking about my tattoo and how I should have gotten it on my ass. And he, uh, you know, he he grabbed part of my shirt and was cleaning his glasses with it. And and, uh, Valerie's line here, that was funny. Oh, okay. So it's a pattern. Um, (laughs) Although, although did this storyline start feeling a little icky to you? Like it was Larry David trying to say, you know what? Sometimes women do lie. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Like, That's kind of gross. Well, if you didn't, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But like, I felt this was like him going, you know, there is such a thing as a misunderstanding. All right. Maybe not every guy should be strung up every time a woman says that she was sexually assaulted. Like maybe they were trying to grab pigs in a blanket off of their off of their uh, tray or, you know, like to me, it just seemed like him going cancel culture am i right you know like that kind of like sometimes women lie maybe we shouldn't believe them so willy-nilly you know maybe we should look a little it just felt a little just felt a little off to me you know this is this is larry saying well you know 99 percent of rape claims are made up right whenever that's like a a study that was never proven to be true (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, it just it felt it felt a little antithetical to the whole me too movement that was happening around around this time and and happening we didn't... at this exact same time like yeah, in and... 2020s when that like really came to a head i think or 2018 2019 2020 but there was a lot that happened in 2020 yeah like post the last season anyway and it had been building and it, and it still is and like we didn't need an antithesis to that that was the antithesis to the previous <laughs> 2020 years, you know? So we didn't need a rebuttal to Me Too. And that's what this kind of felt like, you know? It's like, oh, wow. Okay, so I was uh, I was wrong. October 2017 is when it really blew up. Oh, okay. So they definitely already filmed the last season. You know, it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't something that Larry could have commented on. But especially with him being 
such good friends with Jeff Garland. I mean, who knows how much input he had in, in this, you know? I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe, you know, I'm sure we're going to get more snowflake comments about this. But remember, I'm the elder millennial. So <laughs> don't give Tad any credit for... <laughs> for I, I, actually, you know... Credit. You know, as I'm looking up Me Too and its start date, I'm looking at a picture of Harvey Weinstein that Jeff looks, oh my God, just like him in this photo. Totally. Like if Jeff was a little heavier even, <laughs> it would really have, have nailed it home. But the stubble was a good a good touch. Like that gray stubble <laughs> on Jeff's face really, uh, you know, nailed home the similarity. I, I thought it was, I, I hope it's a runner for, through this season that people think he's Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> Larry is eating cereal and he pulls a dog hair out of his mouth and spits all the cereal out onto his shirt and so he goes into the bathroom and changes into a robe as jeff is shows up and he's arriving they made sure to mention this oh what are you doing here you haven't been here in a year in other words my assistant has never seen you want to make sure to point that out to the audience because you know larry has to start explaining the hat and this is where he calls it the best people repellent he has found he doesn't want, he wants to, he's been trying to repel people his whole life. And now he has found something that does it without him even in, interacting with them. Uh, and he loves it. So he's wearing a MAGA hat. He's got the robe on. The assistant walks in as Larry is wearing the hat in a robe, reenacting Trump's grab him by the pussy uh, tape. Um, <laughs> and he's and doing he's it ironically. Because, he, yeah, he's like, when you're a celebrity, they let you do it. You know, you can grab him by the pussy. And she walks in and he's sitting there with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and she, she, she says, totally thinks he's Harvey Weinstein too. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're what are you doing? Him? You're you're friends with this creep? Yeah. She is gonna go get a lawyer. Why did I write that? Oh, she oh she's getting a lawyer. Yeah, I thought it said golfing, but it says getting. It was, <laughs> it was, yeah, she's gonna go golfing. She's gonna Clear go with a mind. golfing lawyer. Golfing with her lawyer. Uh, driving later, Larry sees a space for lease, a storefront for lease, right next to Mocha Joe's. So he decides to lease it. And he walks next door and tells Mocha Joe that he's going to open up a new coffee shop right next to him and drive him out of business. But Mocha Joe welcomes the competition because he's got the beans. There's no better beans. Larry says he will find better beans and he will put Mocha Joe out of business. And he's going to call his place <laughs> Latte Larry's. And I got to say, as someone who has been a fan for a long time of the show, I'm so glad I'm, a I'm, a I'm watching the season now so I can finally be in on all the Latte Larry merch that is out there oh and, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and be in on all of the you know uh, be in on all of this i'm so glad uh so at home larry is uh in his home gym why he was at a public gym earlier we don't know he's got a nice home gym with a peloton uh in fact and he's on it when yeah, which okay <laughs> i mean earlier on in the episode larry snaps a selfie stick and knocks over some uh mobile powered scooters just giving us the impression that he hates trends and hates things that are popular just because they're popular. Why the fuck does he have a Peloton? I'm going to guess this is just rich guy shit that, you know, maybe I, even someone, maybe someone got it for him, you know, like. I guess. I yeah. guess. But I don't know. I almost for the exact reason that I liked that they didn't dwell on it. If it's rich guy shit, I want them to dwell on it. Yeah, because like anybody can afford a selfie stick. The general public can ride e-scooters, but not everybody can afford a Peloton. So I think it's just something like every cable channel that as a rich person, you're just obligated to buy. You know, it's like, oh, I got to, you know, like like a, like a hybrid, you know, like his electric car that he's been driving around, whatever, it, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that like he can afford 
that he probably doesn't drive because he appreciates the environment. He just drives it because it was really expensive, you know, and um, that's my that's the way I look at a Peloton status symbol. Like when I find out someone I know has a Peloton, I'm like, damn, I didn't know you guys are doing that that well. Dude, you, got a couple, you got you have kids. Like I have like what where do you get all this money for a freaking Peloton? Cheryl shows up and he is just super sweaty from his Peloton ride. So he runs to go get some talcum powder from Leon, but before he gives it to him, he demands, Who you tapping? And he yells, Cheryl, as he runs away. And he goes, My man Larry, retapping that ass. <laughs> I like retapping. <laughs> Did you notice, by the way, Leon's Lampin necklace? No. Yeah, he's got a necklace that says Lampin. Oh my God. Yeah, which I thought was awesome. Because, of course, Lampin is kind of like chilling, but not really, as we learned, <laughs> I think, last season. Um, just Lampin. Um, and cut to Cheryl coughing up talcum powder, uh, which I guess Larry overtalked his uh his junk and she is allergic to it just like leon mentioned his aunt was earlier in the episode so they have to go to the hospital and as cheryl is recuperating Susie walks by larry's in the room with cheryl and she knew it it they totally blow their cover Susie knew something was going on but ted is back in town and he's on the way up so larry has to run for it and he's smashing into everybody pushing people in wheelchairs out of the way and he even smashes a door into randy who is there that's why Susie was there randy was having contractions and she is walking around trying to induce and as she gets knocked down she goes if there's anything that happened to this baby it's your fault and he goes oh please <laughs> the way you put that baby through that was a day at the beach uh, as frolic starts to play and that is the end of the episode uh, i do have to mention uh, a credit that i noticed did you know randy did you recognize the actress played randy uh, is that Mo Foster? No, Mo... it is Lennon Parham. Lennon Parham. I was way yeah. off. I was thinking of Mad TV. I think I've gotten these two oh. actresses mixed up before. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I've ever seen anything Lennon Parham has done. I kind of recognized her, but I do know that she's like a comedy partner with Jessica St. Clair, who has already been oh, on okay. an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I forget Not, in okay, what... Well, not Aspect. Mo Foster. Collins. So, yeah, we I know we've talked about Jessica St. Clair before, but she she had a show with Lennon Parham called Playing House, but they're real-life friends. They've known, they, they like, came up in UCB together and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, they have uh, – I don't remember who Jessica St. Clair played. Uh, oh, she was Anna in the episode The Divorce. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. I guess Larry was, like, dating her. No, she was the wife of the owner of the Dodgers, maybe. I think that's right. And – yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, Mo Collins does sound familiar. She, I, I know her from. Uh, no, wait, no, I was thinking of that Nicole person from uh, Mad TV. But yeah, you're right. Oh, Lennon Nicole Parham. Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah, Nicole Sullivan. But you're right. Mo Collins does look a lot like Lennon Parham. So there you go. All right. Well, uh, Tim, what do we got for homework this week? Um, nothing. Didn't write anything down. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you like for cover art this week? Oh boy. Uh, I mean, something in Mocha Joe's. That seems to be where this season is heading you know it seemed to introduce the the season-long arc there so that might you know maybe larry's sticking his nose in the coffee and mocha joe's <laughs> i like that um yeah i can't think of anything else all right let's see what we can do about this week's description so we had larry makes a new enemy and gets into hot water at a cocktail party period uh, yeah i don't like it i i don't like it i like larry makes a new enemy that's pretty good but I think we have to bring up something with the MAGA hat. Like, you God. know, Larry. I mean, yeah. this is this is the episode that 
had a lot of people worried about Curb Season 10 from uh, from what I remember about the internet in 2020. Yeah. We weren't watching the show, or I, I at least wasn't watching the show. I had right. no idea, but I know people were freaking out whenever still photos released of Larry David wearing a MAGA hat ahead yeah. of the season premiering. That, I mean, all the outcry must have been for people who have not watched the show because we knew it wasn't going to be, you know, anything like Larry becomes a Trump supporter or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I, and I remember when this episode came out and, and even like watching the clip of him with the biker and stuff like that, because you just kind of had to see, you know, the way Larry used the MAGA hat. And I thought it was I just think it's an absolutely hilarious way to use this. And, and just it's the best description of what it is, a people repe- repellent, you know. Or, and I hope, I mean, it's going to, uh, maybe, but it's going to also attract the kind of person that is repellent. You know, it's going to attract repellent people. (laughs) So maybe that will happen to Larry as well. And he'll have to, you know, disavow it in some way. But, you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll see if Larry has to reap what he's sown with the hat. But yeah, but I don't know how to, I would love to, to say, you know, I mean, Larry employs, Larry finds a way to avoid people or something like that. I mean, is that Larry, Larry discovers Larry discovers a real world people repellent or Larry discovers a people repellent. Larry discovers a people repellent. I mean, I know a describes repellent, but I don't know why it sounds weird. A people Larry discovers Larry discovers a people repellent, a people repeller. Larry discovers people repellent. That sounds like it's more like a spray. Yeah. Um, what about a new piece of wardrobe repels people? Like Larry Larry adds wardrobe that repels people or something like that. You know what I mean? Like Larry... A new piece of Larry's wardrobe repels unwanted attention. Um, what about unwanted acquaintances? Or, well, because attention is, is close to what repels unwanted interactions. What about that? Unwanted interactions. Yeah. There we go. All right, we might have made it longer, but let's hear it. So, beginning is, let me unlock my phone again. Larry makes a new enemy, and do we want to just make that a full sentence then? Yeah. Okay, Larry makes a new enemy, period. A new piece of Larry's wardrobe repels unwanted interactions. I like it. All right, there we go. I like it. I like it. It's not too long. We've had much longer. Nah, I mean, he does, we sort of, you know, erased that Larry gets into trouble but I don't know. I think the hat was more important in this episode. All right, Tim. We are getting closer and closer to when in the show, this is a real talking point. But let's fire up AI and see if they can come up with a better description. It's time for Curb Your Enthuse AI-ism. Right. Here's the prompt we'll put in the chat, GPT. Please write a synopsis of episode one, the season premiere of season 10 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which was <laughs> Happy New Year. And here is what it came back with. In the season 10 premiere of Curb Your Enthusiasm, titled Happy New Year, Larry finds himself in typical awkward situations as he navigates social conventions and relationships. Okay. <laughs> the episode explores Larry's interactions with friends, acquaintances, and strangers during the holiday season and the challenges that arise from his candid and obvious and often oblivious demeanor. As always, Larry's well-intentioned actions lead to unintended consequences, creating humor and discomfort. In various social settings. It's not even trying anymore. <laughs> oh, boy. Happy New Year sets the tone for another season of Larry David's comedic misadventures and the humor that arises from his unique perspective on the world. There's like, not nev- one actual never, plot point in there. I never expect it to be, like, specific or spot on. 
but being a little bit close would be nice. <laughs> yeah, just make an attempt. That was all. The only thing that wasn't generic and all that was holiday season. And it just <laughs> totally got that wrong. Um, but everything else was, was just generic. Like, try. Please try. Just yeah, try. Uh, maybe just next week in, I'll say include specific effort. plot points. That's what I'm going to add next week. <laughs> You're going to get a page. <laughs> like a full, like, written page of dialogue, and it's going to be awful. Or it's going to get mad again and go, look, I don't know, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to do this anymore. It's and not going to work for a few weeks, have, and you're just yeah, going to have to log in with a new account. Yeah, I've already uh, pissed Tim, it off once. Tim, did you like this episode? Yes, I did like this episode. I was I was sort of groaning in the beginning with how, you know, we, we talked about the outdated boomer humor uh, like uh, millennials, am I right? That that sort of pervaded this episode, but the MAGA hat just brought it all around, and I hope we see more of it because I want uh, it. You know, I want it. I want to see Larry wearing it more and uh, interacting with people or not. And that that device is so funny; it's almost worthy of a star. But I, I don't know. I just I just can't do it. But it was a great opening to a season that I think is going to have a really fun story arc. That I know is uh, you know the spite store latte Larrys and everything is. I mean, it, I know it's recent, but it's still a favorite of of fans, you know that that I that I see, and so I, I'm excited to get it going. A great season premiere, but I, I can't give it a star. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna give it a full star. Whoa! Yeah, I thought this was very funny. I thought it was very Hello. well done. Uh, you're not even gonna give it a star low. I don't want to talk you into it if you're not thinking it already. I remember at the end feeling that way that it probably did deserve a star low. What's below a star low? I could be talked into that. Have I ever? Oh, star low low. That's right. Star I do low, have star... low. All right, I'm giving it a star low low. I You're forgot. Give it a star low low. <laughs> All right, damn. Yeah, you did talk me into that though. At least I gave it something, you know. You're right. It deserves at least a star low low for the great maga hat scenes, especially the biker who's like, "Oh, you fucked up. Pull over, you motherfucker." And then he was that. Hey man, just be a little more careful. <laughs> that <was> so great. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, next week we have got Season 10, Episode 2, Side Sitting. Original air date, January 26th, 2020. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry's lawyer tries to settle the Alice situation, period. Oh Larry boy. gives Susie an extravagant gift, period. Wow. You know, a bunch of weird stuff from this episode I just realized didn't come back. I thought, like, Larry was going to catch a cold, and therefore his, you know, dalliance with... Cheryl would be exposed, but that didn't happen. Nothing has happened with the glasses thing. Um, at least we know Larry's is, is that his assistant name Alice, or was that no Ashburn was her la- Valerie Ashburn? So Alice must be his assistant. I'm guessing. I did look um, it up because I did look up the receptionist's name, and I yeah. did see that her name is Alice. But like, we don't know that yet. If you're looking in TV right. guide that the night of like this uh, next episode airing, you're wondering. Uh, okay, is uh. is Alice the receptionist? Who's Alice? Why does she have a whole situation? Yeah, maybe you're not supposed to know. Maybe that would make you tune in. Who's Alice? You know, who's Alice? Yeah, who's Alice? <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. But sure, why not? <laughs> I'm tuning in to find out who Alice is. Um, <laughs> all right. So is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right. For no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. <laughs> <laughs>